0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London, together living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: You can really feel that God is moving. God is moving us forward. And so I want to I I start this um, the series today called Kingdom Vision. And the whole mission is for us to move Further into God's and uh, get an idea of how does God see things, okay, so quick question: What do you see? What, what are you seeing when you look at life? when you look at your different comp- parts of your life, your work, your home, personal life, yourself, your finances, your relationships. What, what, what do you see? And also, what do you see, especially when you're looking at the toughest, most difficult components of your life? What are you seeing? Are you, are you, are you seeing with the eyes of the flesh? Or are you seeing as God sees? Yeah, I, I'm often amazed when I, when I speak to people. I mean, it's one thing to sit with an atheist, and I'm like, man, I'm sure we're going to see things differently. But it's another thing when you sit with a believer... A Christian who follows Jesus. And I also sometimes sit there like, whoa. How can you be that hopeless? How can you be that unbelieving? How can you be that despondent? How can you be that negative? How can you speak so much death in your life? And you're a follower of Jesus. I mean, you know the, the Almighty, the, 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 the creator of heaven and earth who can do anything at any moment. And, and, and then I realized, This is, this is a massive issue. There are so many believers, but they're actually unbelieving believers. The way that they think, the way that they speak, the way that they live is a manifestation of unbelief. And, and not a manifestation of faith. There, there are many, many unbelieving believers. So, do you see the picture up there? On the one side, you see two windows. The one window is the, if you look through that window, it's uh, sad and uh, it's negative, it's hopeless, it's despondent, it's, it's it's it doesn't look good. If you look in the other window, then you see with faith, with expectation, it's like, man, there's good. Eh? I want to be that side on my little boat on the tropical island. That's where you want to be. But so many are looking at life through the wrong window. And and the result is torture. It's tormenting. I spoke about that a, a few weeks ago. What do we do? We freak out. And freaking out is terrible. You lose your peace, lose your joy. You act like an idiot. You're not yourself. Hey, anybody that's that's experienced that? Oh, all the honest Christians in the house. That you've lo- you lose your peace, you lose your authority, you, you're not yourself, you, you, you say stuff and do things that, yo, it is just not what you were called for, or designed for. So um, m- m- many years ago, about 15, 30, 13, 14 years ago, um, I was a, a student pastor at Shoffer Tigerberg Medical Campus in Cape Town. And during that season, I had ups and downs, you know, at, at times things would work beautifully in terms of ministry, other times they would just blow up. Uh, I wrote a little bit about this in, in, in my book Increasing Heaven's Flow. So I want to share that vision uh, again and then I'm gonna I'm gonna take it into a, a bit of a further direction or a little bit further than usual. So 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 it was one weekend and I was I was wrestling with a whole lot of things. I was student pastor and um a Friday night Sonica had, had this, this dream. In this dream she saw a boxing ring. Okay, a boxing ring in the middle of this boxing ring, there was this massive guy representing evil. And he was intimidating everybody. Like, he, no one wanted to get into the boxing ring. Everybody was terrified. And then in the dream, she saw me diving into the boxing ring. like, And I'm, coming for, I'm, I'm, I'm climbing in. I'm coming for this guy. I'm, gonna, I'm putting my everything in this, you know, giving my punches. And the next moment... He claps me. I'm sure it was a backhand clop I fly out of the boxing ring and I'm into the crowd and I am out for the count. So that's the dream. And Sonica shares with me the next day and I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. I'm like coming at the devil with everything in me and I'm doing my best and I'm, I'm putting everything in. And then it just feels like it backfires in my face. It, 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 it didn't work out. That was the Friday night, Saturday, she said, shares with me. On the Sunday, um, we were praying at like a, our life encounter, encounter one. We're praying for a whole lot of people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And while we were praying for them for the infilling of the Spirit, there was a lady there, a mature believer, and she saw a vision of me and Sonica standing under a waterfall of the Holy Spirit. And she saw us, this lady saw us just praising God, just enjoying God, this river of life just flowing over us. And outside of this waterfall, there was some a man in chains, bound by chains. And as I was just worshiping, and as I was just praising God, as we were just praising God and worshiping, the next moment, the chains broke off that man, and he came and he joined us in the waterfall of the Spirit. So now that we had the first vision, and or first dream, and then we had the second vision, and then the Holy Spirit started to unpack this picture to me over the coming seasons. And I, I felt like the Lord showed me that the one is the boxing ring of the flesh. The devil is king of the flesh. If you play on that field, you will always get clobbered. Most Christians live over there. I lived over there. And sometimes I still visit. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) Don't visit. Then there's a better way where you're just actually enjoying God and you're just enjoying His presence. You're just praising Him. All your focus is on Him. And He comes and He sets people free. The devil isn't even on page. She's not even on the scene because of the power of the living God. You see, if you, if you, if you fight in the flesh, the devil's king of the flesh, you will always lose. But if you are in the spirit, that's the place of freedom. And what I realize is that even if you, if you look at that picture of the desert destroyed land, if you have a fleshly perspective, you will always position yourself in the flesh. You will find yourself transitioning to the boxing ring of the flesh and you will get clobbered. You will always lose when you will ultimately always lose when you have a fleshly, a human and earthly perspective on your environment. But if you have a heavenly perspective, a kingdom vision, if you see as God sees, then you can reposition yourself where you should be standing and then ultimately you always win. Ultimately, you will win if you can position yourself there, but you first need to see. So what are you seeing? When you look at life, what are you seeing? Are you seeing according to the flesh or are you seeing according to what God is seeing? What 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 is kingdom vision? Kingdom vision is saying, well, what could be? Even beyond that, what should be? What is the will of God for this environment? What should be? And if you don't see, as I said, you're going to position yourself incorrectly every time. Okay, so in the series, we want to, want to help you to transition from the, the, the negative, the wrong, the fleshly window, the fleshly perspective into seeing with the eyes of heaven. Okay, amen. Praise God. Let me pray for us and then we... Gonna share. Lord, we thank you that it is your Holy Spirit that helps us to see. And God, right now we pray that the Word of God will come alive. Lord, that our hearts would awaken, that we would see as you want us to see. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, transition us from that boxing ring of the flesh into the Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this verse, Romans 8, verse 6, sums it up beautifully. It says, for to be carnally minded, to be fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be fleshly minded is death. It's not just boring, dreary, and tormenting. It is death, spiritual death. So you want to transition from that negative perspective to seeing as God sees. So there's this um, powerful uh, account uh, in in Ezekiel 37, where God brings Ezekiel the prophet. He takes him up in the spirit, and he brings him onto a, a, a an environment where they are just dry bones. And then God asks him this question, Ezekiel, what do you see? What do you see? And Ezekiel was a little bit afraid to say, "The Lord, you know, <laughs> what should I see? Well, the result was basically, you see bones, I see an army. You see bones, God is saying, I see an army. And I believe in every area of our lives, there are two perspectives. Your perspective, God's perspective. The one leads to death and the other one leads to life. Which is it going to be? When we see our world in the, in the light of the kingdom of heaven, in the light of an almighty God, everything changes. So I wanna, I wanna help you. How, how do we transition? You need to ask this question. What would this scenario look like if almighty God would come onto the sea? And then you pursue that. What, what, what would this possibly negative scenario or in, uh, something in your life, whatever it might be, What would this look like if an almighty God would show up? Then pursue that. Pursue. Do whatever you need to partner with God to see his kingdom come to pass. Let me give you a few examples. So you go to work and your boss freaks out on you again. He loses on you again. So you're like, oh, my life sucks. Lord, why me? Why me? I hate my job. I don't want to be in this job. This is a job from hell. Eh? That, that, that's the perspective you would have when somebody treats you unjustly. But what would be a heavenly perspective? A heavenly perspective would be something along the lines, praise God. This is really tough. But wow, what a privilege. I have the opportunity right now to learn how to love somebody that is ugly to me. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to learn to love as well as I'm learning to love now. And while we're at it, Lord, I forgive him. That would be a completely different perspective. You see, you could say, uh, you see unjust treatment... I see a ticket to glory. I've often spoken about this. The ticket to glory. That boss, that difficult person is your ticket to glory. Amen. Come on, say ticket to glory. So you would see unjust treatment, but the believer kingdom vision says, but I see my ticket to glory. Man, I can see I'm going to become so like Jesus. I'm going to be so like Jesus. The greatest breakthroughs in my life has come through people that treated me unjustly over seasons, and I had to choose to humble myself and choose to forgive them and love them. I would not qualify for ministry today if I didn't go through that process. True. So another scenario. You attempted something and you failed. Again. I'm such a loser. I can't do anything. It's just my life. That would be a, a fleshly perspective. A, a kingdom vision would be I might have failed, but I'm not a failure. I might have failed, but I'm one step closer to victory. I might have failed, seemingly failed, but I am growing in faith and perseverance and confidence in God. Amen. So you might see failure, but I see a man is growing in faith. Amen. You might see failure, but I see a man who's growing in faith. There's a journey, there's a process of strengthening our faith. And sometimes it looks like failure, but it's not. Come on, say it, I'm not a failure. Because sometimes we, 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 we think, well, the facts speak for themselves. No, they don't. The facts never speak for themselves. There's always a window that you are looking through. There's always a picture, always a perspective, always a frame, always a paradigm that you are applying to every area of your life, even to yourself, especially when we look in the mirror. What do you see? The failure, nobody that God doesn't care about, doesn't want to help, or do you see a child of the king and God is just ready to to step into your scenario? Facts never speak for themselves. How about another one? You were in a relationship or a marriage and it went sour. Your response could be, I'm I'm just no good. I'm not worth anything. You know, if I was worth something, that that person wouldn't have walked out. This, this, This shows me I have no value. And I'm not worth having happiness or joy in any relationship. Well, that's an earthly perspective. A heavenly perspective would look different. It would say, my value is not dependent on one person's opinion. (laughs) My value is dependent on Almighty God's opinion. I am valuable. I am precious. He loves me. He loves. It doesn't matter what my past looks like. It might look like uh, it's a mess, but I know that God takes a mess and he makes it a message. Even after Divorce. I know a God who can give a second beginning and fresh start, a new beginning, who can do something beautiful from this mess. So you might say, I see divorce. I want to say to you, I see divine intervention. God says, I see divine intervention. I see God. You might say, I I see a broken marriage. And I say to you, uh, the Lord says, I see a beautiful story of redemption and healing as God intervenes. It's never over. (laughs) What what are you seeing? Because what you see will determine your positioning, and your positioning will determine if an almighty God will be able to step into your scenario. If you see with unbelief, if you see with the flesh, if you're continuously freaking out and, 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 and shutting yourself off from a place of faith, belief in God, God often can't help you. Sometimes he does stuff without us having faith. Praise God. Because he's faithful. But if you want to see almighty God move on your behalf, position yourself in a place of faith. You'll have peace. You'll have joy. You'll have less torment. And you'll see the power of God move. Amen. Or what about cancer? Earthly perspective? Well, it's the end. I have no option but to be hopeless, to be depressed, and to, to, to give up. My worst nightmare... Has now come, or you can do like JP and Kim. Most of you should know this story, but now JP and Kim, an elders couple in church, diagnosed with cancer. What March last year, February March last year. Double mistake to me. And JP, as JP preached end of last year, he said it, that if if they had a choice, double mistake to me, chemotherapy, all the. Challenges of what does the future look like with two little girls? What God? What 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 does this look like? You want to freak out. You want to freak out. You want to say, God, why me? What's wrong with us? Or you can get a kingdom vision and you say, God, I know this is not of you, but you're going to use this for your glory. You're going to turn this for good. And as JP shared, they would they wouldn't want to change anything. If they had to have an option, they would go through it again. Because God did such beautiful things on the inside of them. We are so proud of you guys. Come on, let's give them a hand. They're sitting over there. We are so proud of you. But that is kingdom vision. That is positioning yourself in the spirit. And saying, God, there is adversity coming. There are challenges coming. But it's going to drive us to you. And into a place of greater intimacy with you, greater authority in you. It is transforming our lives. Guys, adversity is your greatest blessing and gift in life. If you handle it right. It's your greatest blessing because it causes you to wake up from just going through the motions. It sort of pushes you into a place where you call out to God. say, God, I need help. I need you now. Adversity is your biggest blessing, but you must have kingdom vision or you'll find yourself in the flesh and you'll find yourself freaking out and you'll find yourself becoming depressed and hopeless and despairing and bitter and angry. But Christians don't get bitter and angry. We get angry at the devil, yes. But when we continuously bring our hearts to God, we find freedom and victory. Amen. Come on, let's say adversity is my friend. It's my gift. <laughs> Amen. Some believers have the greatest shock of their lives. <gasps> I gave my life to Jesus. I thought everything's going to be fine, and now someone doesn't like me. <laughs> no, adversity comes, but with God. So you might see, say, I see cancer. No, God says, I see overcomers. Amen. Come on, let's say it. Overcomers. We are overcomers. Amen. So the two things I want to highlight this morning, the one is you need to understand the importance of sight. Some of you are not even aware that you are seeing by the flesh. And then secondly, I want to show you that the key to seeing well is the state of our hearts. So uh, look at this, Matthew 13, verse 16. The importance of seeing. I mean, I mean just think, think about this now. A blind man in the Bible, t- in, the, in the Jesus' time, you know, Jesus comes to the blind man and Jesus says, what can I do for you? Everybody's thinking, "Is uh, blind, can't you see? <laughs> but Jesus waits until the blind man, man says, um, Lord, that I might see. I want to see. He could have said Lord, five rand, please. Sure, five rand. <laughs> if, if the blind man didn't know that he was blind, he wouldn't have asked Jesus to heal him. And then Jesus healed. You see, that's the, that's the saddest thing when we, we don't even realize how blind we are. We don't even realize how fleshly our perspective is. We're not even aware that all of our negativity and our unbelief and our hopelessness and our despair all points to one thing. I'm blind. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing as God is seeing. That means spiritually speaking, I'm blind. And Jesus spoke about this in Matthew 13. He says in verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see. And he spoke about others who did not see. They hear, but they don't hear. They see, but they don't see. He says, but blessed are your eyes for they see. And your ears for the hear. for surely I say to you, many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. This is a powerful statement that i 'm going to make now, but God is never hopeless about anything, in other words, if you look at something with hopelessness you 're not seeing if you look with unbelief, you're not seeing. If, you, if, if, if you're not seeing from a place of a hopefulness, you are not seeing. You're blind. You're not seeing from God's perspective. So I want to encourage you in every scenario, you need to ask this question, God, what are you seeing? I want to freak out. But what are you seeing? Lord, what are you seeing? And then you can reposition yourself in terms of what he is seeing. What could these circumstances look like if an almighty, our almighty God would show up? What would it look like? You know, sometimes we go through stuff, especially like you have prayed once, you prayed twice, you prayed 50 times, still nothing. What is the purpose? What do you do with it? Now, I love the, the story of Brian Johnson. He's the head of Bethel Music, son of Bill Johnson. And, and he shares his story. He brought out a wonderful book called When God Becomes Real, and his story of facing fear and depression and and torment, a whole lot of stuff. But from the age of seven, he was tormented with fear. Panic attacks that you cannot imagine. It's from the age of seven until the age of 21. That's 14 years of on and off torment that he experienced. Now you think, what's going on here? Uh, the pastor has prayed. <laughs> the dad has prayed. We've done. What, what's going on here? And his dad, Bill Johnson, taught him how to every time the fear would come, even from the age of seven, he would run into, he would dive into their bed in the middle of the night. And then Bill Johnson's wife would go to another room to go and try and sleep. And then Bill would start worshiping with his son. He would speak the word of God. He would speak the blood of Jesus. He would proclaim God's will over his son, but then they would start to praise God. And so, um, Brian Johnson says, I think at the age of 13, 12 or 13, the one night it was so bad, they worshiped right through the night. Right through the night, until the morning, until the sun came up, Bill stood with his son and saying, okay, now, you're gonna worship with me. I'm not just gonna worship for you. I'm gonna stand with you and we're gonna fight this thing together. We're gonna, man, I was reading this book and I was just crying. I'm like teary-eyed. I'm like, my dad standing with his son. Say, my boy, let me teach you. But when you praise, things shift. But now you can ask God, why, why all, why so long? Because nobody knew that Brian Johnson would start Bethel music that is impacting millions and millions and millions of people. He, he, he discovered an authority even as a young man in praise. So we, from our perspective, we're like, God, where are you? From God's perspective, I'm going to change the world. Just don't get bitter. Don't give up. Keep on praising, keep on worshiping, keep on standing on his words and you will see the kingdom come. We give up too quickly. We give up too quickly and we wonder where's God. He is ready to move on your behalf. The reason we sometimes go for a long season of trusting God for something is because God wants to give us authority. You know, with me and Sonica, eight and a half years plus now trusting for for a second child. I'm like, man, everybody's going to get pregnant around us. It's just going to be like, be, be, be fruitful in Jesus' name. It's going to be uh, incredible. <laughs> but there's, there's a purpose for every season, everything we're going through. It grows your faith. I feel I have more faith than ever, even though I'm trusting God for eight and a half to nine years already. I'm still, I believe. I believe, God, you're going to make your church fruitful. You're going to make the bride of Christ fruitful. You're going to transform churches, God, through everything we are going through. God, I, I I I want to see as you see, Lord. There's a purpose to everything we go through. Amen. So how are you seeing? What are you seeing? Are you imagining your environment with God pitching up or not? So I look at this Isaiah sixty-one verse four. I, I saw this this picture, uh, which I think explains the the, the kingdom vision so beautifully. Uh, I just saw a dilapidated, run down old house, and then I saw superimposed on top of the dilapidated, broken down house a beautiful, a beautiful, perfect house. And I believe that is kingdom vision. With your physical eyes, you are seeing broken down, run down, messed up. But then you say, God, what do you see? And then you can see when the kingdom comes, this is what it would look like. Amen. And this verse speaks of it. Isaiah 61 verse 4, the first verse speaks about the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. What? To heal broken hearts, to set the captives free. And then it builds up to verse 4, which is so beautiful. And it says... And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Isn't that powerful? That's kingdom vision. Yes, I agree. There's, there's ruins. There are desolations. There are ruined cities. They are the desolations of many generations. But God, you know, it's like us going to Cambridge location where this crusade we did a few weeks ago, six nights of, of outreaches, four hour services. You know, I I just had prophetic words in my heart where where, where people prophesied and said, Andre, you're going to do evangelistic crusades. And and, in October last year, we had a time of worship and pray, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me that if we, if we would take evangelism outside of the church, if we would do Evangelism outside and crusades. He will remove the lid on the church and God will take us into a completely another dimension of his glory. And when you get those words, you always wonder, man, yo, I've got a beautiful imagination. <laughs> or is this God? I normally go with, what the heck? Let's make it God. Let's God. Lord, I believe. Because you're not always sure. You have the sense, but you're not always sure. So I have multiple words like that. So I was sitting with Pastor Vuyo from Cambridge location, and uh, we had coffee, and as we are sitting there, I think, oh, man, let's do a crusade. Let's take a team, let's go to Cambridge location, let's go reach out, and let's just see what God would do. So about two months before the time, we went there, uh, I went there with the, to the pastor, we were in his, in his little shop, in his little office there, and you look at the location, you look at everything, it's, desole- it's, desole- it's generations of desolation. It's like, God, can you... I know you can, but will you? (laughs) You know, you wonder. And as I was praying with the pastor, I just saw a vision of rivers of living waters flowing down into this community. I'm like, yes, Lord, let's do this. Let's do this. So we start to step out. So we get the marketing ready. We get the team ready. We get to pray. We do the training. We we, we, We start to walk in the direction of the vision. Just a glimpse. But we're we, we walking in the direction of what if God would show up? And then he does, in a, such a beautiful way. 112 people came to Christ, this rocked my world. But the most beautiful thing is... A week later, a Sunday, the Sunday, so we finished on the Friday night, Saturday was encounter one there, 45 people committed to be baptized in water. A week later, the following Sunday, more than 60 of the 112 were in church. Now guys, that is a miracle. Come on, give Jesus praise for that. Cause it, it breaks your heart, eh? When you walk through that location and uh, you, we went to this one house and it was an oldish lady and she was drunk and, uh, and just begging us, I want to be free from this alcohol. I want to be free from this alcohol. So you walk around, you see the poverty, and you see the, the, the generations of destruction. And then what do you do? You see that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the solution to every problem on the face of the earth. Because it solves the heart problem. It's the only solution. We must preach who God is and trust that almighty God will pitch up. I mean, the people were sharing, they they say they have some of these things sometimes, you know, crusade vibes. And first night people pitch, and then from there, it just dwindles. I mean, every night, except the night that was really raining hard, every other night was a full house. And the people were just sharing stories upon stories of being healed, of being set free in their hearts, in their spirit, in their bodies. God was moving. But somebody had to see it. Because there was nothing. What are you seeing? What are you seeing for your life, for your work environment, for your community? What are you seeing for your family? What are you seeing for your friends? What are you seeing? Because if you would see like God sees, you're going to position yourself in the spirit, and then you're going to partner with the Lord to see his kingdom come. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Praise God. That's what the Lord wants to do. So then the other one, just very quickly, the state of our hearts. I want to share about that. But I want to first want Erlen, brother, come and share. He wasn't here last week. He had to take his daughter to Muscle Bay. So I just thought like let me get them you must get it from the horse's mouth. You must get it from him straight. Cool. Good morning.
0: Um <clears throat> in the beginning of January, I uh, uh I picked up a a pole that was much larger than myself. Um, and Steve Onions always says I must start acting my age, but, um, I was determined that I was going to do this job. And, um, I picked this thing up and I twisted and I felt my back do that. And I knew I was in major trouble. And for the next almost six weeks, I was in excruciating pain and Last, uh, two Sundays ago, um, we came and we sat down that side and I couldn't, I didn't know how to sit. I couldn't move. I didn't, couldn't stand. It was just unbelievable. And Andre was sharing about what had happened at Cambridge location. And, um, when we were driving here on Sunday morning, I was praying that I said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I've got to, you've got to heal me today. Today's the day. Um Andre then called and made a call, and he said, I believe God wants to heal people with sore backs. And I got up here as fast as I could, and people prayed and prayed and prayed. And if, if, and to be quite honest with you, I didn't want to tell them, but it was just getting worse. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Um, I was standing here dripping with perspiration. I was so sore. And basically, uh, we went and sat down. And I just, thought, in my mind, I thought, well, I'm going to come back here tonight then because today's the day. Today's the day that God's got to heal me. I can't carry on. And thankfully, our pastor is, doesn't just give up. And I was walking through the back, leaving the church at the end of the service and he, he hunted me down and brought me back here. And some guys and ladies were, were praying with me and Words of, of wisdom were coming out. What about this? What about that? Just words that, that triggered things in my mind. And we haven't got time to go through all that. But God showed me that he has a different view of what I've got. He showed me that I need to forgive myself because he's forgiven me already. He showed me so many different things on betrayal and all sorts of things. Um... His view is so different to mine. And when I asked him to forgive me for what I'd been doing to myself, um, the next thing Andre says, test your back. And, and my mind had gone sort of off my back now because God was dealing with my heart. He was dealing with my mind because I'm quite stubborn, asked my wife. Um, and... He dealt with with different things first. And once that was sorted, Andre said, how's your back? And I was standing dead still. And I thought, I know if I move, I'm going to be so sore again. And it was like a comfortable position to be in. And yet, he said, test your back. And somebody said, I don't even know who. Somebody said, touch your toes. And I thought, right, (laughs) that's not going to (coughs) happen. Well, I then did. And ever ever since then, um, it's just an unbelievable feeling but of, of, of that healing. At first, God changed my heart and he changed my mind. God sees things differently. He sees them totally differently to how we see them. And we've got to align ourselves. We've got to spend time with the Lord every day, reading his word, seeking his face praying so that we then fall in alignment with Him and we see how He sees us. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Amen. So Erlen is sharing his story with the whole world. Every opportunity gets. gets. What is powerful, what he shared was that God first want to deal with the heart. And this is what I want to end off this morning. Matthew 13, verse 14 to 17. It says... And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand. And seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. That is so powerful. So, so so a few things. The first one is like they've got eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. And he says the hearts have become dull. It's like, you know... It's almost like we, we don't wanna, they, they, they turn the, their, ears, they turn their eyes. It's like, I, I, no, I don't wanna, I don't wanna believe, I don't wanna believe, I don't wanna, cause I know if I, if I, if I, if I, if I see and if I hear, then I need to change. And sometimes we get so, so attached to our pain, and to our disappointments, and to our issues, we become the victim. I don't actually want my circumstances to change because I find my identity in my pain and my feeling sorry for myself. I don't actually want God to heal me because, I mean, I'm I'm finding my, my comfort in feeling sorry for myself. Poor me. You see, what happens is sometimes when we get a lot of negative emotions, negative experiences, and, and we speak and we align our thinking with negatives, we find ourselves locked into that negative window. We can't help ourselves. We're just seeing all the bad, all the negatives especially when it comes to healing. Sometimes we, we, we've prayed twice and now we give up and we get angry at God. No. But, but it says there, the hearts have become dull. And, if, and, and I believe that if you want to see with heavenly eyes, your heart needs to be healed. When we get offended, when we get bitter, when we get disappointed, even like Brett shared about you know when, when, when he came, when we had our tea, which was coffee. <laughs> we, uh, he, he was, he was so negative. He's a pastor's son, uh, the church, and the things that happened with his dad. They got hurt in church, so he came in here with unbelieving filters, doubting everything. Until God started to heal his heart. Some of us have been wounded by the people around us. Some of us have been despondent. Some of us have received bitterness. And you don't even realize how blind you are. But just look at your negative speaking. Look at your unbelief. Look at your the, 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 the way you're looking at life. You need healing in your heart. Your spouse might have hurt you. Life might have hurt you. It affects the heart. The Bible says, blessed Are the are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The 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 heart is what enables us to see. You know, and 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 that verse says like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see. But if you don't want to see, and if you don't want to turn your heart, and like even because it's painful, like God, I don't know if I can go there. I don't know if I can deal with my divorce. I don't know if I can deal with that betrayal. God, I, I I don't know if I can do this. But if you don't do it, you're not going to get healed in, on the inside. Turn your heart to him. Allow him to heal and to restore. And then I'm going to jump to the last, last verse, Mark 8, second last verse, Mark 8, verse 17. Well, let me jump to the last one. I end over this. Ezekiel 36, let me read this. And this reveals the difference between religion And the real deal. What is religion? Religion, dead religion, is external conformity to a bunch of rules. But it doesn't give you the power to change as you should. That's dead religion. Our nation is sick of it. Then there's something different. It's called the real deal, the gospel of Jesus Christ, where you encounter Christ and he gives you a what? A new heart it changes you from the inside out and suddenly you want to live differently so this is what ezekiel 36 speaks of it says then i will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean and i will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols i will give you a new heart the idols is trusting in other things looking to other things hoping putting your hope in other things and not in god himself and it says i will give you a new heart I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of the flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Isn't that beautiful? That is so powerful. And this is what God wants to do. I believe this is what God wants to do this morning. Some of us have been hurt, been wounded through life, disillusioned, maybe with God. And the Lord wants to give you a new heart. He wants to restore you from the inside out so that you can see. Amen. Kingdom vision. You need to have new hearts so that you can see clearly, so you can position yourself in the Spirit, and then you can partner with God to see His kingdom come. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel.
1: Let's do life together.